Hey guys, welcome to 10 Minute A Push. It's me, Mr. Weisler, and I'm actually recording this podcast from the TCEA conference in Austin. So it's kind of weird because I'm kind of walking around. I have my, my earbuds in recording this podcast. So if you hear random noises or random people talking, I apologize for that. But I figured I wanted to reach out real quick, get the podcast rolling again, and just kind of talk to you all a little bit about the progressive era, which we're going to be studying about this week. So progressive era, really what it is, what it simply comes down to is trying to fix all the problems of the Gilded Age. The last two weeks, we've talked about the corruption in government and how big business was influencing uh, really every aspect of American lives in terms of politics, elections, uh, and even really how you bought and sold goods and services. So really what the progressives were looking at in the period of 1900 to about 1920 was really how can we use government? How can we harness the power of government to enact positive change that benefits ordinary Americans? And most of the the progressives were actually from the middle class and working class. And you see the strengthening of labor unions in this time period, in part as a a response to uh, wanting to have these new consumer goods that were out and how do you get consumer goods, these new things? How do you get a washing machine? How do you get uh, a Model T car? Well, you need to have a good paying job. So what motivates the rise of the labor movement in this time period is that wanting to have the latest consumer good. So when we're looking at the Gilded Age and the, the response to the Progressive Era, it's important to keep in mind that not all the change that was enacted stayed around. Later on, some of these changes will be done away with and then they'll come back again. Because you remember, you have different competing uh, political powers throughout history and they all have a different view or a different goal on what they want to get done. So when we're looking at this time period, realize that some things that change did not stay the same. They would actually go away in the uh, 1920s and 30s only to come back in the late 30s and 40s uh, with the rise of the New Deal. So really this is again, this is the first attempt at using the power of government to help individual people. And one of my favorite things to look at with the progressive era is food. I, I mean, we all, we all love to eat, we all love food, and what you have is big, huge changes in how Americans are eating food, but also on what they're being served. Chicago, as we mentioned previously with the rise of the industry, had become a center of the meatpacking industry in the United States. And with having so many companies there, the focus became on who can maximize profit by using whatever they could. Philip Armour, the big pork uh, slaughterhouse operator, he said that he used everything on a pig except for the squeal, that nothing went to waste. But by the time we get to the early 1900s is that slaughterhouses are really disgusting. Not only are you having animals slaughtered and killed there, obviously, but the methods they're using are just really gross and unsanitary. Using borax and other chemicals to try to stop meat from changing color, uh, just really unsafe, unsanitary conditions. And the the muckraker journalist who exposed that, uh, he wrote a book called The Jungle, and his name was Upton Sinclair. And in The Jungle by Upton Sinclair, He goes in with the goal of not reforming the meatpacking industry, but actually reforming the working conditions for the workers there. But really, what people took away from his book was, this is disgusting. We're putting this rat-infested slaughterhouses where we're getting our food from, 
and they're using all sorts of chemicals and devious methods to cover up what actually is in the food Americans are eating. If you want to get change, go for people's stomach. That was, that's really what a lot of reformers took away from that. And the reformer who led the charge after Sinclair's book came out was Theodore Roosevelt. He was president of the United States by the time that Sinclair's book came out. And he will get passed through Congress the Pure Food and Drug Act, which this is going to blow your socks. The Pure Food and Drug Act said that the food you sell, the drugs, the medicine you sell, you need to label what's in them. I know it's shocking, right? Now we're so used to the food that we eat and to the things we buy, having all sorts of labeling about nutritional information, where things come from. But in this time period, there was none of that. It was just, I mean, they could say whatever they want. It had to be, there was no, um, there was no enforcement of having truth in advertising. You could say whatever you wanted on your packaging. So this really changes the way America eats. This leads to the rise of federal health inspectors who will go into slaughterhouses and other manufacturing uh, operations that do with food and they will inspect the quality of the meat, of the grains, things coming in and make sure that things are being handled in a really safe or wrongdoing in an attempt to uh, fix and bring about change. So uh, Tarbell was writing about uh, Rockefeller and Standard Oil Trust, which to me is always amazing that you have like this, this female journalist all by herself and she's targeting the richest man, really the richest man in the United States at the time period. Someone who's driven out you know, dozens of other companies into the ground, who's just really a force to be reckoned with in this time period. And she's taken him on head on with her, uh, with her book about really how horrible he is as a person, as a businessman, and the lack of competition. And we've talked about before that competition can lead to lower prices. If you have several businesses competing for your business, they're gonna offer the best price. We use the example of uh, the taco shops on Marbach. If you have uh, one, only one taco shop because they've taken over all the other ones, they can charge whatever you want, or whatever they want rather, so instead of having that 99-cent bean and cheese, you could be looking at that $4.50 bean and cheese, which, come on, that better be a dang good bean, bean and cheese if it's going to cost that much money. So another aspect of the Gilded Age, or I'm sorry, Progressive Era, the response to the Gilded Age, was trying to break up those big trusts and really put back into the marketplace competition. I'm going to go ahead and wrap up for today. I hope to post maybe an update on progressive era and gilded age in a day or so but i'm really excited to get back to podcasting with y'all and i'm really sorry if the quality is kind of poor and the fact that i can't edit because again i'm literally in the hallway out here just want to get a quick message out to y'all i hope y'all have a great day and i'll see y'all on wednesday